This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. As always, I'm going to be joined on today's show by Sean Siegel of Rotoviz.com, one of the co-owners, the author of the original Zero RB piece, and uh, uh, just an all-round great guy. And we're going to be drafting today as we continue the Overtime Draft Series on the FFPC main event on our quest for the $250,000 grand prize. We'll be joined by Ben Gretsch as we go from round 14 through round 20 and um, lots of fun conversation on this sometimes these aren't the most glorious picks they're not the most you know high profile picks they're not going to be some people's most enjoyable picks but what i have to say is these are the picks that can head on over and win you a championship and these are important ones to listen into obviously in the ffpc main event you do need a kicker you do need a defense as you'll hear when I'm talking, not two of my favorite positions to draft, and uh, we uh, leave them, if you want a spoiler alert, we leave them to the last two rounds of the draft to pick up, as I always think you should do. But when we're talking through it, there's lots of different parts that come up. There's a couple of fun stories in there too. We're going to kick things off here in just a second with myself talking about some of the uh, Duke Johnson experiences over the years, and Ben has been there too. He knows the, the situation. So we're going to talk about that here in just a second. Always, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount too to rotaviz.com. Don't miss out. Head on over. Use the code 2020RVRADIO at checkout to save yourself 10% or go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. So I teased it a moment ago talking about Duke Johnson. Let's get into it. Um, I, I think Duke, I've always, I've been on the, the Duke Johnson train since he entered the league and it's just never worked out no matter how, no matter how, what situation he's been in. And it's been a killer for me in many fantasy seasons. Um, I have been right there with you, but yeah, I, I uh, like, I just, I think he has the option even to, to, to be an early down back as well, but it's a situation where when he was in Cleveland, like they tried him in different scenarios every offseason there was the talk that he might play in the slot there's all this hype that everything could go just perfect for him and it just hasn't and like you mentioned like last year he was you know behind Carlos Hyde it wasn't a fun experience owning him at that point either and it's probably gonna be a similar situation this year where he gets a bit of spot work mm-hmm. the problem with him is he's one of those players a bit like Lamar Miller when he was with the Dolphins we all I always thought like oh if he gets a full-time workload he's just going to be able to do everything and it just was a situation then when he got that opportunity it never worked out for him over and over again and I think that maybe Duke Johnson's a similar situation where he is just a a pass catching running back who can be that kind of additional piece in an offense I, I just think at this point we probably know what he is he's not going to be the guy who can be that you know tree down running back it, it'd be very unlikely that he just comes in this season and ends up being a 
you know, being a top 12 running back, I don't think that's in the, the range of outcomes. I think it's purely for PPR. Um, he's just gone actually two picks later, so I, I don't feel as bad now, but that's my kind of take on him. He's he's always showing the turns, but he's never put it all together. Ben, where should we be considering Sony? You, you're you in, into Sony Michelle at this point? Isn't he going to miss half the year? I My answer to that would be these next two picks and potentially never what's the what's the upside i mean he was the quintessential trap back last year and you know for as much as i got hated on for being wrong about derrick henry sony michelle was a massive hit for that type of analysis he got 250 carries and wasn't even an rb2 i mean he was bad i don't even think he was an rb2 in in uh, non-ppr i mean he was like just not very good and and i don't know how this works out where he comes back and has some i mean i guess he could have some multi-touchdown games in the playoffs you're thinking i mean i wouldn't be crazy you like him still though a little bit right i've I've taken him very late because i mean he's he's i think still the preferred starter for them on a team that if Kent newton does anything like what he's done in the past is going to score some points yeah and so you know you have a little bit of that sort of shot upside on a weekly basis. And we're into the range here where a lot of the backs are, are very, very speculative. So in terms of the overall roster, maybe that has some, uh, has some appeal, but I do think that Heinz is the guy that we're looking at. And then we need to sort of look and see are we have the different starting positions covered. That doesn't necessarily impact too much what we want to do, but we have the, the running backs here. We have Kamara as the foundation guy, and then with Moss, Johnson, Washington, Vaughn, a lot of reason to believe that our running back two slot will actually be pretty compelling. So is this the time to pivot back for some of our rookies who, granted, this is not going to be a great season for rookies, probably at the same time, the buzz for Ayuk, the buzz for Chanel, uh, pretty deafening already. And all we have to do is look at what some of the guys did last year to know how much of an impact they could potentially have. Perry, Ayuk, and Chenault are my next three receivers. I, I would be open to any of them at any point from here on out very, very easily. And I often take Chenault over both of them just because I love Chenault. But, yeah, I do have Harry and Ayuk ranked higher just because I think they go higher in drafts typically. What, I don't know if you have touched on it, but what, what do you think of uh, having Chark and Chenault if that, if that did happen? Oh, fair point. I don't know if I love. That. I, I love. I, I love Schnalt and uh, I would be like, but have I? I, I only like to get two of the same. Res- well, we could stack them, and then then okay. Well, if this if Minshew's great, if he plays like he played at Washington State, and he can run, you know, a, a spread offense where they can throw it all over the field, they're going to trail. Then hey, maybe you have this double stack that all of a sudden is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. But my issue with putting taking two receivers on the same team is typically how good is the offense going to be? And I don't know that the Jaguars offense is going to permit that to be a a positive scenario. Uh, Although I do, I I don't necessarily think Chenault cuts into Chark when he does inevitably break out because they're kind of complementary pieces. Chark's this downfield guy and Chenault's, you know, more around the line of scrimmage. He has more vertical profile than than people give him credit for. But I mean, I don't know. I can see it. It's just my my initial poo-poo was kind of the Jacksonville offense issue. One potential positive would be that I, I, clearly the entire offense could be so bad that it's just a, a bust situation throughout. But I do have a difficult time seeing Chark have a bad season unless it's because Chenault is such a monster right away that he takes 
a pretty significant share away, even though, like you said, one of the reasons why I like having them both is that they are complementary receivers. I don't think that that necessarily does happen. But if, if Chark disappoints, I think it's because Chenault has one of those 250-point rookie wide receiver seasons, in which case you know, he, he's not a bad pick here. Yeah, that's a good point. And and when you get to the like complimentary receivers, is there a like it? It could be very similar to Tyler Boyd's breakout year, where AJ Green was still pretty productive and Boyd was very efficient, and and like that's kind of how I think of them complimentary. Um, he's yeah. not really the same as Boyd, but yeah, you wouldn't expect any individual uh, pairing of players to to go on and be the Anquan Molden, Larry Fitzgerald, when Fitzgerald comes in and those two guys are, are pretty much awesome right away together. But, you know, that's a little bit more, you know, what I see in terms of, of what could happen there if, if the offense works out. And, and again, that wasn't necessarily with a great quarterback situation that those uh, Cardinals guys did that either. Sony Michelle, someone's reading your mind. Uh, honestly, every guy we talk about goes. <laughs> like... And I, like, like, we're, 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 we're recording this like as a stream, but we're not streaming it anymore. Yeah. So I don't know if, I, if there's any bugs or anything in, in your houses that are listening in here. I don't know. We did get Washington and Vaughn last time around, and that was something that we had. Heinz is just, just gone too. Oh. Heinz yeah. might have been the pick there. So running backs aren't very enticing at this point. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing really left that I would be targeting in these. Even picks, Michelle uh, went. Yeah, I mean, I think literally, and I've put him as far down as I could put him. I, I felt like considering he could rush 200 times. Uh, Adrian Peterson is my next highest running back, and I'll never draft him. He's just that's where we're at in my rankings. <laughs> Usually, he goes, you know, 15 spots before I have to have him as my next best. There goes Ayuk. I think uh, Nikhil Harry is still out there too, right? I think Harry and, and Chenault are very interesting here. Well, how are you feeling, Sean? About the my pick of the two players would be would be Chenault based on who I would rather have. Um, if we didn't have Chark, I would be one hundred percent going that way. I think the two of them play two significantly different roles that I think they could both be productive. Um, I'd probably still be leaning towards Chenault here. Yeah, the only thing I would say is that. Even with us and Ben and the ship chasing guys, we have not done a great job of actually moving Chenault's ADP. And so I think <laughs> we're on the clock. Oh, Harry goes right there. I was going to say that I think we need to take Harry because he's less likely to come back around. He does get picked. And so Chenault seems like a pretty easy pick here. And yeah. uh, the only other wide receiver, I don't know what your thoughts are both is. I, I think Chenault's the pick, but. Sean touched on like the options of the Cardinals this year, and you mentioned about Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> I don't know if it was tongue in cheek, and at this stage of his career, but is he somebody in this range that interests you? I think uh, the upside's capped too much. Uh, yeah, I, I'll let Sean comment, but he doesn't interest I, me. I love Larry Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. I do think that he's at the point where that type of upside is for us. I think that with Kirk, you know, you're looking at you know a 1,400 yard season, while not likely, is is very possible. With Fitzgerald, we're we're looking more at seven, eight hundred yards as being, you know, probably what what you can optimistically hope for. You know, it's a bummer that Harry went, but it's it's fun to get Chanel there. I think uh, if you were going running back heavy to start a draft, which I don't see us doing in the near future, but if you were doing that, I think that he's the sort of player then where you can have a, a safe floor. But I, I definitely think the upside's capped for him. Um, I think it's kind of that that reverse approach. So where we're picking up these guys for the, the ceiling, I think people who are 
going the the running back approach you're probably trying to fit it in with the yep fit it in with the security blanket do we have any idea where we're going here sean what are you thinking i have actually i have benny snell is my next running back but i mean we could get into the guys you like bowden and, and you know benjamin daryl williams is is there for me rex burkhead is near ito smith and carlos hyde i mean i i don't have a lot of exciting running backs there but i i do think we're at five backs starting to look at everett I mean, yeah. possibly. He's the next head end on my list, but I don't know if I would take Everett here over some of these backs, especially like a Daryl Williams when we have Washington. I kind of like that pairing. And, and Rex Burkhead, to me, I, I still like Edo Smith, like I said. I mean, those are guys so I would probably take over Everett. I don't know. What are you, where are you at, Sean? We're on the clock. Are you completely off of Robbie Anderson? No. I have my Anderson next, on my list. He's my next okay. highest ranked receiver right now. Let's take him. Let's go. Anderson. I have him low, he, he, and he's my I, next highest ranked receiver. Let's take him. You want him? Who do you have, Colin? I have I have Anderson. My my list that I have is Fitzgerald or Anderson, Fitzgerald, Snell, and then I had Carlos Hyde and then Lynn Bowden. So I'm pretty happy to go uh, Robbie Anderson at this point. Okay, that sounds good. Let's do it. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, so everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Westland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the US, and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. You can use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for target relief and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. From now through Labor Day, which is Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering all of our listeners a great offer. It's buy one, get one free on all TheraOne products, but you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. And as I mentioned, this is a fantastic offer. It is not something that TheraOne is likely to do again. It's buy one, get one free, theragun.com slash bluewire. With every day that passes, the NFL is getting closer and we're getting ready for Sunday. And Sunday means one thing. That's right, NFL Sunday Ticket. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels never miss your favorite teams or favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv. Once again, promo code BLUEWIRE. At Rotoviz, we love titles. We love hardware. We love championships. We love winning. And we love it when you do it too. In 2020, one thing we want to win with you is the underdog fantasy. Best ball mania. $1 million best ball tournament. It's $200,000 to first place. It's only $25 to enter. It's a no-brainer. This is like the elite best ball title this year. So you got to go to underdogfantasy.com or download their great underdog fantasy app in the app store on your smartphone device and you're gonna make a deposit. You're gonna use code ROTOVIZ when you make that deposit. Then you're gonna go refer five friends and Underdog and ROTOVIZ will give you a free entry into the Best Ball Mania tournament. So it's, it's kind of like a two for one. You sign up, you put in 25 bucks, you enter the Best Ball Mania tournament, you get five buddies to play, you use code ROTOVIZ, you get a free entry. No brainer guys, let's chase that glory. 200 grand, if $25 is too pricey for you, They've got a $5 tournament called The Bubble, and you can win 20 grand in that bad boy. Their app is slick. You click on the player's name, you see the ownership, you see the latest news and notes. You can draft from that app with no problem. 
man, they really knocked it out of the park with this product, and I can't wait for you to try it. So go to underdogfantasy.com today, make a deposit, and use code ROTOVIZ, and chase that glory. This is I really good value for him. I wasn't even considering him because I don't draft him, but that's a good call. Just as I clicked on it, I was actually thinking we, we now have two Panthers and two uh, Jaguars. So we're going all all in on the cats this. Yeah, but this we've year. kind of handcuffed a little bit, right? Like if something do, if, if if this offense is if you try to like like Sean was saying with with Chark, like, some but, of the ways it, it, like the only way you can see Chark not performing is is if Chenault is just you know AJ Brown right away or something. But that's kind of the case with Moore too. If Moore does have a disappointing season, it probably means that Robbie Anderson is a pretty great value. It, it doesn't hurt to have him on the same roster, in my opinion. It's, it's one of those like. <laughs> Like the, that's our third and fourth round picks being backed up by our fourteenth and fifteenth round picks. Yeah. So, and, and I think there, there's definitely standalone value. And like I, I have no doubt on certain weeks you'll start both of the wide receivers from that same team. You know, in certain matchups and that. So, you know, I think it's it's a good move. I wasn't expecting to be here this you know, I don't think in either case were we taking a player because we were like, oh, we need to handcuff and we're worried about injury and this and that. They were the top receivers on our boards in both cases. But it does give you that. If something happens to Moore, maybe that greatly increases Anderson's, you know, outlook. Or if something happens to Shark, it should probably mean that Chenault is going to be pretty good. So we almost have this little bit of built-in insurance. I think that's usually a lower upside play, but we didn't reach for either of these players. I mean, even I have Anderson very low, and I, I, I don't think I've ever been on the clock with him as my highest-ranked receiver this year. And there is the element; it would be, it would be devastating in its own way. But you know, Devin has done a lot of great research and i think really articulated well the way in which you know people get very obsessed with the target shares for a team to start the season but when we actually see these league winning types of performances from wide receivers inevitably you'll go back and you'll find that one of the receivers on the team got hurt and so while it's not the type of thing that you get from zero running back in the same way where players elevate or that you're getting a pure backup who moves into a role and then as a league winner a a starter who's already a good player. And I think that for me, Robbie Anderson is kind of right on the edge there. I'm excited to see what he'll do with the Panthers. He could then elevate to that next level. Chenault, we don't know what he is, but the prospect profile is is just so intriguing. And so those guys, I think, have a ton of upside. And even though the running backs have gone very early here, the teams are very running back heavy, we might even expect them to continue to be running back heavy. I think our options that we have remaining are guys I, I still like later than the 15th round, which is going to lead me into my next question of, are we comfortable enough with the running backs that we have? Is there anybody that we feel like we need to the point where we wouldn't consider the sort of defense and kicker approach? Are, are we at the point where we think the board is flat and would like to get one of the top teams slash players on those spots, even though, Obviously, the predictiveness and the relevance are pretty low. Or do we need to get our, our next running backs in these next two rounds? I don't hate the thought to the answer or to the question about whether it's flat. I, I do still think Daryl Williams is a pretty good value here. It, it doesn't sound like you guys are thrilled about Burkhead. But like those are guys that, to me, I have elevated over a lot of the other options, I think, that are available at running back. Um, and then, and then the ones that you like Snell and Bowden and Benjamin that, that you seem to get in every draft, but you kind of reference waiting later on them. So I don't know that we need to make that move and maybe we don't need to make that move on Burkett either. Maybe even Williams. 
Well, just out of interest, Sean, are, are they yeah. the are they the three targets you have left at, at running back? Uh, Biden, uh, Benjamin, and uh, Snell. Yes, and I do think that Edo Smith is is pretty interesting as well. And so we have those guys, and then and then Williams. I Burkhead, I've always loved him, and I do have him on some dynasty rosters. I, I guess there's some potential there, but he's one of those guys who is squeezed and isn't really someone who even before you squeezed, maybe you would, you would count on. It's always possible that, you know, without Tom Brady, that they do go in a little bit more of a, a direction where it's not as Michelle and white, where you can see every play coming. They may go with Cam Newton much more in a hybrid type approach where Burkhead and Harris are the more involved guys. And if that were the case, if something were to happen to Harris, then Burkhead becomes pretty interesting. I haven't seen him drafted. I do think he's someone that we could potentially target in free agency, you know, if that scenario plays out. And so that, that would be kind of my thought on on where we are with him. Sure. Three kickers have gone in two defenses. I, I to your question about our running backs, I like them. I think we have five solid running backs. I don't know that a slight downgrade in our RB six or RB seven is really going to influence this roster significantly. And there are several targets that you just noted. I, I hear you on the Burkhead one. Uh, Daryl Williams is the only other one because he's running with the ones a little bit. And as the most extent, and, and Darwin Thompson's already gone. We have Washington. We would have multiple shots at that KC backfield. He's the only one who really has any extensive playing time from last season with this Chiefs team because Edward Slayer's a rookie and Washington's a free agent ad and Thompson barely played. So he is vaguely interesting to me. I don't know that we need to make the move here, but it's interesting that Darwin Thompson already went. But yeah, I would consider a, a defense or a kicker if you wanted to go that route. I guess. <laughs> I think I think we're probably looking to finish up <clears throat> a defense and a kicker, and then our other shots at running back. I think. I, I what do you think? Like, if you look at tight end, I don't think there's anything really left at tight end. Um, and then we're obviously pretty much set up at wide receiver. Um, probably going to go with just Drew Brees at quarterback. So, is that kind of the plan the rest of the way for you, Sean? Is to to try and get some of those running backs that we've mentioned. And, why is Jared Goff still on the board? Oh, there he just went. Okay. Yeah. We don't have to have that talk. <laughs> well, my question would be, I, I think the kickers here have been taken. It's really only the very top guys that I would be looking at, both kickers who, you know, you're not worried about them getting cut and the offense is going to score a ton of points. You know, those mm-hmm. guys are gone. Um, yeah. Williams, I was wrong about him. I was wrong about Hines. Both of those guys I've, I've just seen consistently go so much later. I didn't want to reach because we liked them, but now we're going to miss out on them there. Uh, the tight end, I think the only question would be Disley. And is he actually just going to be the starter for the Seahawks, even though, you know, certainly Olsen will play a, an important role for them. You know, Ben, you and I have had success playing, playing Seahawks tight ends. And, you know, that might be a decent hedge here in the 16th round where the cost is, you know, pretty much non-existent. Ito Smith just went off the, the board. So that's one of the, the running backs. Man, you really think after a patellar tear and yeah, what, that, that. that Disley's going to be the starting tight end? <laughs> and and that what, be my, yeah, that's my for 16 fear. games? Maybe. Well, he wasn't healthy when he didn't have those injuries. So Yeah. He, he wasn't up next. I, I've always liked targeting Russell Wilson's tight ends. I don't think people realize how they've all had little spurts of productivity and pockets of productivity because there's never been a big season. But he doesn't mind throwing to those guys in the red zone especially. I, I, I'm okay with it. I would like to get another tight end on this team. And if that's, you know, we don't have a lot of options. So I'm okay with it. 
So, Colin, who would be your top choices, Ben? I think was saying that that he's ready to go with Benny Snell, and, and now you are on the clock. I'm obviously always ready to go, Benny. Do you, <laughs> do you have? Um, I would be going. I would be going with uh, Snell, Bowden, or Benjamin here um, over a tight end. I, I think we can still wait on tight end based on what's left. So, if, if you just want to go with Snell, I, I'm happy to do that. Um, but I'm happy with those other guys as well. And to be honest. With what's available on the board, I'd probably be trying to get two of those guys in the next two picks. Yeah, I kind of like that too. Now that Daryl Williams and Eno Smith both went, that group of running backs that we thought might wait is smaller, right? So do you think Snell first out of the three? I think it's too hard to tell how it would go, and we're all on board there. Let's do that, and we'll get one of those other uh, rookies coming back. I hope you're right, Sean, because I've... Benny Snell on all my dynasty rosters <laughs> sitting there since last year. So let's <laughs> have and Duke Johnson both sitting side by side on the bench. <laughs> I have Benny and, and Bryce Love everywhere. And it's been yeah. a, on this draft again, it's been a real resurgence for, uh, for the you guys. Ball. Don't have any interest in Dawson Knox, do you? Cause I don't, but he's my next best tight end. <laughs> I think I think in in Buffalo with you know if you're trying to look at you know Diggs and John Brown having and like I don't think yep. we'll see you know the two of those and then maybe Cole Beasley get you know those like Beasley's kind of a killer for tight ends so what his targets are going to be and then I can't see him supporting four pass catching options as a plus you know, the running backs right and and so yeah. it's almost like he's further even down than all, fourth all those targets are going to go to Zach Moss anyway so we know that yeah. <laughs> Be- the Beasley point's a very good one. That's exactly why I don't really like Knox. You are up next. If I was looking at tight end, like uh, I-, I think I would be happy. Like wow, the-, the, the guys that are there, I think you can get that there on the waiver wire. You know, during the season. Um, so I-, I think I'd be passing on Dizley unless unless you feel strongly about it. But I-, I think I would be going for Benjamin oh. or Bowden. Both of them are still there. And I think I think Benjamin's probably the one I would go for, but. It- we have quite a few on a week, a week, a week eight by week at the moment. Uh, Bowden will be a week six by week. I don't know if you're going to take that into consideration. Do we have by week issues? I haven't looked at it. I've just noticed when I've been drafting that there's quite a few of them in week eight. Um, let me see. And Bowden has week uh, eight. I, I, w- I was thinking Bowden, but what do you think, John? Sean? No, Bowden is week six, so we're good to go there. It's not as bad as I had previously thought. I've had a look at it. I love both of these guys. I, I think that we're getting a little bit more negative rhetoric about just those two Cardinals guys being so good that Benjamin doesn't have an early role. And so he probably comes back to us more often than, than Bowden does. All right. Bowden, Bowden it is. I had just, I had, I had five, I had five seconds left when Sean started to talk. So I had to click it and hope that <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't take a risk, but no, I see the thing I think that that does for us is it really gives you know, quite a number of shots at that running back position now Whereas when we went wide receiver, wide receiver in 14, 15, I think we had to kind of look to get those other options. And like we could have went defense or kicker there, but like Sean was saying, like unless you're getting the top guys, it's, it's not going to be worth it. And I would be more comfortable taking those two guys there and then you know seeing what comes to us at, at the kicker and at the, the the defensive position to you know fill out the team. So I'm pretty happy with both of those, both of those two picks. Sean, what do you think about a Zigba? I guess I don't have a lot of insight there. I think that Fournette is probably, even at his dropped ADP, is the clearest fade in, in all of fantasy football. I think that that Armstead and you know being on the COVID list and, and missing the conditioning, missing you know the walkthroughs, some of those practices, 
all of that is certainly suboptimal. But in terms of a guy who has this sort of big athletic profile, someone the team seems to like, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a different type of offense. But I think you'd be hard-pressed to to go with Ozigbo over him. Now, they, they both have, have some opportunities there, and that offense, if it's what we think it's going to be, and if they hate Fournette as much as it seems like, he's certainly someone to keep on our, you know, keep at the top of our watch list and, and see what happens. Yeah. I think if he's drafted, he'll end up being cut, and then the opportunity would be to hit him again later. So next time around, I, I, I like Disley a little more there if he's still around. Benjamin, we like a lot. Jamal Williams is still available, which is weird, but I don't know that I really love him because I do love A.J. Dillon. But then I also wanted to say, do we want to consider a second quarterback? And I don't think that's necessary, but it would be kind of fun to grab a Burrow or a Minshew, knowing what we have on our roster. The only reason I'd be doing it, I think if you were doing it, you'd be looking to put the a stack together. I, I wouldn't do it outside of that. And I think, like, you know how we've kind of... The problem is if we're not starting Breeze, we're probably going to be in a bit of trouble um, with that offense. I think, though, if you had, like, Minshew and the two uh, wide receivers are similarly with Bridgewater, but I mentioned earlier when we talked about Bridgewater, there's too much of a cap in terms of what his yardage totals that are going to be. Unless Sean felt strongly about it, I think I would be... I mean, we could just get Burrow and John Ross and then have Tyler Boyd, Burrow, and John Ross and and have the three (laughs) best Bengals. I think looking at the... The team here, Benjamin is probably the guy that I would want. I think the other mm. thing with the tight ends is this potential. If they have a big week one, then the cost to acquire them, and you know, you wouldn't want to pay that cost, obviously. But the, the quarterbacks are so deep; there are so many options that the the price that you have to pay in most instances, in terms of your your bidding budget, is not going to really change or impact what you're doing the rest of the way. Whereas if one of these tight ends started out really hot, then that might be a very different story. That's a good uh, point. Probably more the case with Disley than with Knox. I mean, Knox is a little bit more of a shot guy. And I think that when you're looking at bye weeks, he's someone who's interesting because he could put up a couple of touchdowns. Probably doesn't have that full, this full season numbers like you guys were talking about. But I think the, the potential difference in price when we look to free agency between a Disley and a quarterback is, is probably meaningful, but you know, or Logan we're, Thomas, I mean, if we're just throwing names out, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I agree with that. Um, I, I guess, yeah, the, the only idea would be the stack potential, right? But I don't think we would ever start like a Minshew over a breeze and really, yeah, any, that's my, in any scenario, that'd be my concern. I think it would be if someone really liked Burrow at this point. Yeah. Of the potential for him to be, you know, like the the 2020 Jameis Winston. Not that he's doing exactly Winston kind of things, but just that the offense kind of went that route. You know, that would be maybe the. But I I agree with you. I think Benjamin and Disley, they're both still on the board. We're one pick away. Who do we like first? I think Benjamin. But see what Sean says. Yeah, it's a good point because we have Logan Thomas as a backup for Disley. <laughs> <laughs> the Logan Thomas show. How many? Uh, Imagine if Logan route. Thomas like just goes goes off, you know, week one. What are we going to do then? <laughs> you guys think I'm kidding? We're not going to draft him, but he's going to go off. <laughs> um, what? Yeah, Drake. Now you are on the clock. 
has some unfortunate training camp thing happen, then Eno is suddenly a, I mean, a ninth or 10th round pick. Right. And yeah. so I, I, I like him here. I think he has, I think I would have taken him in the last round. Uh, I think with, yeah. I think it just makes sense here. Yeah. Such a great profile, such a great receiving profile. So many uh, uh, fantasy points in that offense last year. It's uh slam dunk. And you've seen Disley being the, the best tight end option. So let's hope that he comes back around. Both of these teams behind us have taken three tight ends each so far. So hopefully they decide, yeah. that, you know, five receivers isn't enough and they, they need to do something about that. But yeah, maybe they'll just get five or uh, tight ends. That, that's that the last uh, three picks that we did there at running back were the three options we discussed at the 16th round. So <laughs> we've, got, we've got all three. So that's not bad. That's a really good way to, yeah. So do we have. I mean, it's it's interesting because the, the fact that I was lamenting a little bit taking Drew Brees once we got into the situation where Minshew and Burrow and Bridgewater, those guys started to look very appealing. But then we look at what actually happened, and we would not have wanted to give up any of our selections. Yeah. So just having the one QB, I think, has worked out. Uh, do we have do we have a kicker that we like yeah, here, next. or are we ready to go at defense? I don't even know that we have a defense we like because. The Colts are kind of my my cheat code because of their early off the early uh, schedule and they've already gone, so it's I, I'm defense for us too the other night. Ben, I had another one, and, and we were we were getting bashed in the uh, in the stream for for taking the Colts instead. What was that? The Chargers? Yes, I think that like the Chargers, uh, I think are the best in terms of the, the pass rushes available if you're looking that way, but. You know, so, sometimes a team like the Chiefs, who are likely going to be playing from ahead a lot, there could be a lot of opportunities for like turnovers and pick sixes and things like that. Does that interest you going a player that way, or going for de- defense that way? I kind of like that. Um, the Chargers actually, I don't think were my suggestion yeah. the, other, the other day, Sean. They play the Chiefs in Week Two, and they get the Bengals in Week One, and I don't even know that the Bengals are going to be so bad. So I know, Sean, you like the Chiefs, right? I do. Let's go with them. The other option is like teaming it up with. I think the yeah, end we're putting too much on on the Saints, but I, I think the Chiefs are the one I would go with um, there. So are you are you both happy with that one? Yep. I just like I like having those teams like that are you know likely to win comfortably, and the the other team is going to be having to pass heavy throughout the game, and then obviously that's going to lead to more chances for mistakes and interceptions, turnovers, and hopefully pick sixes. And then we got to find a kicker. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine were already off the board. There were only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven D's off the board. I, I always think it's fascinating when this many kickers go before D's. But I, oh, there's there's this league on as well. I I always think that like this is the right way to pick your defense and your kickers. And and if there was only like if there was any way that we could eliminate the kicker, I think that would be the, the other way to go. But. I don't have any strong feelings at kicker. If I was picking somebody who I think will have their job throughout the season, either the kind of list that's there that I'd be confident in, like uh, a homer pick would be Mason Crosby. I think he's always pretty pretty solid uh, year on year. The problem is that he's going to be playing in not the, the most ideal weather conditions. I'd prefer to have a kicker who's going to be playing indoors, but the further down that list you go, obviously the more chance those guys aren't going to be there either. Um I would be saying like he would be my first option. I'm not really convinced that <laughs> the rest of the option. There's a lot of things. Branton McManus is playing in Denver, who an offense we think should do pretty well, and he's playing at altitude as well, so he should be able to hit longer field goals. They would be my two preferences if I was going 
going kicker. Have you guys any any preferences for kickers? One guy I take in some mocks when I have to is Jason Myers because Pete Carroll's never really passed up a fourth down that he didn't mind kicking a field goal on. <laughs> if they do play a little bit more up tempo this year, like we know they they have talked about, and also Myers has uh, he would be he would cost them money to cut. He, they gave him a pretty good contract last year, so the other thing, the other, almost certainly going to be the kicker. The, the other thing just came into my mind there as well. So it was more picking kicker. Sean, I don't know how much you're going to put this in, but if it's a, a onesie position like that, are we looking at like later bye weeks? Right? Just Crosby as a week five bye week, something that came into my mind there? I definitely use that as a, a tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. I'm, or not even necessarily a tiebreaker, but a, sort of a definitive piece when I'm trying to make moves in season. Uh, at the beginning in the draft, often I will try and grab one of those uh, top kickers just because it takes a little bit of the guesswork out of it, especially if they do have a late buy. However, you know this season it looks like it's going to be different because these three running backs that we took down the stretch here have been consistently available, and I just think they're must-own people for the teams. And so I, I like the guys you, you two have been talking about in terms of our, our kicker options. So Jake Elliott just went. He was another one. He's the one we took in ship chasing that Pat Corain liked. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten have gone. There's going to be one more probably kicker pick before we go. We have a lot of picks until we pick again. Yeah, I think it's just that uh, just spot seven um, before us that has to take a, a kicker. Kaimi Fairbairn, so, Fairbairn is always kind of interesting as well. I guess he wasn't the, very the good one, Yeah, he wasn't very, The one thing I would give him is he's playing indoors would be an advantage, but... I don't know. I think maybe after talking myself into McManus based on offense and based on bye week over Crosby. Are we sure that offense is good though? The only thing, like yeah. if it's not, if, it, if it's mediocre, it's still going to get into field goal range, you know, and that's what we want yeah. them to do. I, I, like, I think, in my opinion, that argument plays uh, better Fair, for Fairburn. Jason Myers, Fairburn goes. You are up next. But yeah, I, I don't mind. It's just a kicker, but. I think that argument might play better for my. What's what's Seattle's bye week? Do you have that in front of you? Bye week. Uh, my oh, it's six. only six. Yeah, that's not great. I don't know. What What do you think, Sean? Which offense would you prefer, Denver or the Packers or Seattle? I think those guys all probably have their jobs locked up, right? Yeah, I, I think it's interesting to think in terms of that Denver offense if they do a little bit what the. Uh, Cardinals did last year where they actually moved the ball pretty well, but then couldn't score. And then you have all of those kicker points. So, and then especially with the long kicker, the long field goals, that's another option there. I like all three of them. I don't really have a preference. Let's do McManus. You guys both like them. Yeah. That's good. I think the, the bye week just being in week five for Crosby uh, concerns me. Like if you get into a situation where, you know, you're, you're four weeks in, you're going to have to cut him even if he's doing, you know, good. So, Obviously, if he has four good weeks, that's a big advantage for you, but that was a bit of a tiebreaker. I do think that like kickers in Denver do tend to score a lot more longer field goals, so I always think that that's a bonus as well. But I think Sean's point on the, kind of the Cardinals last year and how they moved the ball, I think with such a young offense, you could see that happen quite a bit with this uh, Broncos team this year as well. So there you have it. We're 20 picks deep. The show is coming to a close for today's edition, but the next one is one you don't want to miss out on. We are recapping the entire draft. Not just pick by pick, but where we would change hindsight, all those good things, dive into it, see what we might do. But some picks there that we really like, um, you know, Chenault, just love love him as a rookie. Robbie Anderson's one of those players I've 
uh, had a crush on for a number of years it's you know up and down at times but i think he's a real value there benny snell coming in there is one of sean's favorite lynn bowden who i really like you know benjamin who i really like um, so it's going to be interesting here as uh, this draft uh, shakes out this season plays along we'll be talking about it a little bit in the podcast obviously you probably don't care that much about our fantasy team so it'll just be something that gets slipped in from time to time but we're talking about all things nfl fantasy football throughout the season um, and sean will obviously be here bringing you that good information as well we will be back with the fifth and final part of the series we'll be recapping the draft and i think there's players in that that we, maybe we didn't draft that we'll talk about why we didn't draft or why we think we should have drafted them so lots of stuff coming up there and there's a couple of segments about where in the draft uh, things like maybe didn't break the way we thought you know going for that zero rb approach so it was round nine where quite a number of players went off the board that we were targeting the likes of philip Lindsay, pollard cohen Damian Harris, AJ Dillon, Bryce Love, they all went off the board in a very quick space of time through through about an eight or nine pick span. So uh, we'll be talking about that on the recap edition. But as always, thank you very much for listening into the podcast. I mentioned earlier with the 10% discount code is simply 2020RV Radio at checkout on rotoviz.com. Save yourself 10%. Give us a written interview on your favorite podcast app. Spread the word of the show. Drop us a retweet. I do share out the shows. Hit it with a retweet. Hit it with a like. Uh, let people know that you enjoy the show. We do appreciate each and every one of you giving us that support. So until we're back with the next edition, that's going to be very, very shortly for you. It's going to be dropping tomorrow. It might already have dropped if you're uh, a few days behind in the podcast rotation. So do check it out on Road of His Overtime. Make sure you're subscribed. And until we're back with that one, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Did somebody say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including the NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into the fall and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures and props. So take advantage of the return of sports and remember, the casino never closes. Go to betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. Once again, that's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.